That that is like the most eagerest like prediction score I've ever heard. Come on now. No, dude. I think there's a reason why there's no Montana Grizz on this podcast. They're scared. There's something going on that they've seen with a trend with this season. For an they don't want to say something on this pod. They are worried that they will regret later on and that they will forever hear. Not an egress pick too. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you guys read too much egress. I'm more of an all vandals guy. Welcome back, Tribe from the North Brave and Bull, to the official unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals. I am your host, Chris, and with me today, I have Brian. Hey, guys. What's up? And TJ. What's up, Vandals? And we have a special Little Brown Stein podcast for you guys today. And the Grizz fan pod of the Big Sky Podcast Network was too afraid to come on and talk to you guys. Uh Uh-uh. So the enemy of your enemy is your friend. Everybody, please give us a nice golden koozie round of applause for Ryan Foley, the R&R Cat Cast. Ryan, how are you today? Man, I am doing great. Thanks for having me on. That's the best That's the best introduction I've ever had in my life. If only I could do it to your guys' your intro music. I love your guys' intro music. If you haven't checked out the R&R Cat Cast by now, uh, I don't know what you're doing. It's As far as the Big Sky podcast go, it's the one I listen to first after Tubbs at the Club every single week. Luckily, it comes out before us every week, usually. Today's episode, as always, even though it's a little Brownstein week, uh, is brought to you by Montucky Cold Snack. Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky Cold Snack, an ultra-refreshing light beer born right here in majestic Big Sky country. The best part is, when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donates 8% of all profits back local causes, even right here in Idaho. 8% of their profits are do- donated to local organizations like the CW Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeah! That is freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, a light American lager for pow-pow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders, and badass do-gooders. Make sure you visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get... Yes, some snacks. All right, Foley, I know you probably didn't watch too much of our 21-9 blowout of the powerhouse that is Cal Poly. But as the the Bobcats did also have a very similar odd game against Cal Poly, you might have some input for us. The attendance in the Kivy Dome was a pathetic 6,424. Brian, walk me off the ledge. I, we won, but... Uh, it doesn't. It still doesn't feel like a win. You know why it doesn't feel like a win, Chris? It is because the dark cloud has returned to Moscow. <laughs> we were all on on the Nair train. Winter has because, come. and we'll get to we'll get we'll get to why. Uh, but I mean, Mason Petrino's back, and look, we saw the difference. Our team. It was a boring game. I'm glad we won. Cal Poly looks terrible. I have no idea how Montana State had a competitive game against them. I have no idea how Cal Poly has won a game this year outside <laughs> of Southern Utah. Um, you know, Idaho's defense dominated because Cal Poly can't pass, and we've seen this before. Cal Poly gains 202 total yards. They better get their ass kicked uh, if that's the kind of yardage they put up. Uh, the way I'll talk off the ledge is our defense looks real strong. Andre Carter... Uh, Andre Carter is going to be good for four for three more years. You know, 179 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Jeff Cotton, even though Mason Petrino had his just average, average, um, and average is of course a euphemism uh, game, 
you know, Jeff Cotton still had 65 yards and a touchdown. You know, again, we've got pieces. The frustration is we're just an incomplete team. And we, we understand that's who we are at this point. TJ? Yeah, I mean, just kind of to piggyback off that, I think it's all kind of similar with what we're going to say. Um, we did kind of start down. It was 3 nothing at the start, and they did put a good drive together at the start, but our defense stepped up throughout that. Um, I don't know who else had issues with Pluto TV. I know <laughs> I only watched about just in between plays that I got to see. Um, we got to watch some highlights later on, but our defense did step up, and our offense played pretty average. Um, so maybe we're just holding things back, preparing for this next game that's coming up this week. Um, but a win is a win for the Vandals. Yeah, and you know, for those, I know not all of our listeners listen to Big Sky Big Takes, but you should. It was a very Brian and Chris centric episode this week. But as I got in my rant, uh, Pluto TV. I don't understand. They were actively blaming the University of Idaho for the reason that they couldn't get the feed into the game. We have had. They forget that we came from a different world. We were in the FBS where all our games were streamed on ESPN3. ESPN3 never had an issue with this, ever. Not once. I never had a game cut out. So I don't get, I hate how all, every single week there's like two games that don't work and like, ah, it's the school's fault. And it's like, no, because other root sports doesn't lose it. 11 sports doesn't lose it. So there's SWX never loses their feed. So it's something when it's strictly on Pluto and I'm kind of getting over the excuse of it's the school's fault. But otherwise, biggest takeaway, Matt Linehan getting a chance in the booth. Sounded all right. I didn't get to watch a ton of this game. I was um, doing some volunteering work. But uh, this game, it wasn't too much. It was a brew fest. So, you know, fun volunteering. But uh, I I tried to tune it in. But, yeah, Pluto wasn't working. I figured the game was there. And then trying to get the tune-in going for the Vandal Radio Network app kind of sucked. So I followed it on the old Scores app, GameCast, which sucks for the FCS. But, yeah. you know, it, it looked bad early. We came back. Andre Carter being back a huge difference. Um, Mason Petrino, at least he had a game like this under his belt before we go into um, arguably our toughest game of the year. Uh, we've had some tough teams at home, but this is the toughest team when we have to go on the road and play um, next week in Montana. Uh, Ryan, if we can get any takeaway from you, you guys had a weird, really weird game against Cal Poly as well, I believe, right? Yeah, Cal Poly is just a tough one. I think anytime you play Cal Poly, all bets are off, man. It's just a different offense. It's a different style of game. It's just they play. You have to play with their terms. They're gonna win the time of possession. I see you guys had some good control over the game. Looks like you scored in every every uh, quarter except the last one. So you know, I'm, every year when we play Cal Poly, I look forward to just getting done with it. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, and I know listening to Paul Petrino's interview on, yeah, I don't know, was it today, Tuesday, so Monday, uh, that Colton Clark posted, uh, you know, it, we said it going into the game, we've been fortunate enough to face really good triple option teams, and Cal Poly is not one of those. Georgia Southern's arguably one of the top five triple option teams in the country. Uh, we faced them for three years. We beat Wofford, who's a top 10 FCS team typically. So we were prepared. Petrino staff has seen the triple option. And then I didn't know this, but Paul Petrino ran the triple option as a quarterback in uh, high school. So he brought up when Colton Clark asked if he'd rather face a aired out team every week like a Sac State or Montana versus a triple option team every week like Cal Poly. He said, well, I'm never going to discount the triple option because I beat a lot of people back in Butte, Montana with the triple option. So, um <laughs> Uh, that being said, 
I would rather face a triple option team every week because if you learn how to stop that, it doesn't matter how good you are at it. You're going to stop it. But uh, weird, weird game. Glad it's over. It's a win. It got us in the right direction. But TJ? Uh, yeah, I, um, I think the bye week helped us a lot. And coming off of that bye week, having that win was also a big positive. Um, just kind of giving the upward motion that, that coming off that win. Um, defensive, Defensively-wise, we're prepared for that game. Um, Hightower had another great game, which we need going into this week. And like you said, having Andre Carter back was huge. Um, biggest running game since we had Elijah Penny there in 2015. So I think rolling into this next week, that's a, that's really, really positive for the Vandals that we needed that win, um, hopefully confidence-wise and overall-wise, that, that we're looking forward to taking this to Missoula and bringing this home. That would be huge. Yeah, Brian, any more takeaways before we start covering the game we've already foreshadowed a ton? Yeah, the, the best the, the best takeaway Idaho fans can have, to me, it's twofold. Uh, one is we've talked on this show about our linebackers you know, and our, our defensive line being the strength of our defense, and they showed it against Cal Poly. I mean, when we don't have to worry about a team stretching the field against us, uh, we looked pretty good. You know, I know, Ryan, Ryan I know you said uh, the Cal Poly can be a tough game, Um and they, they played better in the first half of the season than they did against Idaho, but they looked terrible against us. Uh, they With the inability to pass, I mean, they don't have any sort of big playability. I'm going to fact-check myself. They had, I believe, 242. Cal Poly had 242 total yards against us, not 202, um, so four-point hyperbole. Uh, we won the time of possession battle 31 minutes to 29 minutes, um, you know, the takeaway, I guess, should be Idaho, even though our record is not great, we're not a bottom. We're not like a Cal Poly or Southern Utah where we're losing because we just don't have the guys. Idaho's lost because of an inconsistent effort and an incomplete team. Uh, but the str- the strength of our team were amplified against Cal Poly just because Cal Poly didn't have the ability to test our secondary. And because they can't score, it didn't matter that Mason Petrino can't throw more than 15 yards. Who was playing quarterback for Cal Poly this game? Jalen Hamler. Yeah, it was Hamler. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but they, oh, sorry. Go no, go ahead, Ryan. No. Yeah, I just remember Hamler came into the game at Montana State with their stud receiver, and they had some good completions against us. It doesn't look like they did anything against you guys. No, I remember that was one of their big takeaways that I heard from watching. I think it was their post game was uh, no, their play by play guy, and Brian was actually the one telling me about it. He was like actively yelling that they need to be passing more. Uh, I wasn't understanding why they have maybe their best passing quarterback in a decade in Jalen Hamler, and they've had some pretty good success with it this year. I covered it in Big Sky Big Takes. He's thrown nine touchdown passes, but they didn't even attempt more than what was it six or seven passes? They, I don't have the stats. And up they right opened now. up with it too. I mean, so, they drove right down the field. It looked like they were going to do that all game. So. Hamler had 12 attempts, four completions, an interception. He did have a 55-yard completion. Um, but I, so I don't know if Cal Poly has looked different in other other games where, like against San Diego, they had some a few deep passes for touchdowns. But against Idaho, we knew they were going to pass when they were passing because they were on like third and twelve. Um, and when when they line up to pass, um, I just don't I don't think Hamler's accurate enough. Maybe against other teams. You know, like they might have a second and three or a second and five, 
where they pass and it truly does take teams by surprise. But against Idaho, I mean, they just, he just didn't have it. Yeah. Well, on to the game, I think that we probably care about more. Um, I mean, Cobb Pauly was fun. It was a win. But, uh, I mean, we just listened to the podcast last week. Not a, not a big uh, tick on the thrill meter for that. And the 6,000 people in attendance shows it. Um, it's a little Brownstein week. Uh, number 26, according to the Versus Sports Simulator, Idaho is facing number three, Montana, who's 7-2. and two. Um, It's a little Brownstein. It's 116 years old. It's the 86th meeting. Idaho holds an all-time record, 55-28-2. We're one of the only teams that can claim they've spanked Montana over the history of their course in the big sky. Uh, and that goes to show with the Grizz fan pod not want to come on. But uh, you can always count on a Bobcat. That's one thing we've learned today. Uh, <laughs> Idaho is a 15, or sorry, 15 point, 17 point dog. And in this one in Missoula, it's Idaho's first trip to Missoula since 2003. And this was the game that got Idaho alumni Tom Cable fired. Uh, it led, I believe it was the game Bobby Houck's maybe first or second year, and they switched up the whole offense because they didn't have a quarterback and ran, ironically, the triple option against us. Uh, but that was when we were in FBS school, which was one of the last times I think an FBS school has traveled to an FCS school. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, previewing the game here, we were supposed to do it with the Grizz fan pod, but, uh, I mean, Brian, you follow the Grizzlies rather closely. What are you kind of seeing coming out of this game or going into this game, sorry? So as like a de facto Montana preview, uh, Montana offensively is pretty damn good. Uh, even they're probably going to play their backup quarterback, Cam Humphrey, who in two games starting is completing 72% of his passes, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. He is not a dual threat the way Dalton Sneed uh, is when he's healthy. Uh, he can stretch plays a little bit with his legs, but Cam Humphrey isn't going to run for, you know, 90 or 100 yards. But uh, in addition to having probably the best receiving core in the league in uh, Sammy Akem, Samari Ture, and Jerry Louie McGee, all three guys who would be number one receivers at just about any school in the big sky. Uh, they have a running back this year, sophomore Marcus Knight, he's a junior college transfer who leads the big sky in rushing touchdowns. Uh, they're just offensively, they're complete. Uh, they can beat you to the air. Uh, they're, they, have, they can beat you on the ground. Their offensive line can be suspect. It was real bad last season. It's better this year, but it's not as good uh, as Montana would probably like it to be. And then defensively, uh, Montana's strength so far um, has been their better at stopping teams on the ground. They're the number two rushing defense in the league. Uh, pass defense, they are pretty low. They're the uh, number 11 pass defense, uh, but they've also played a ton of good teams. So there's a chance that maybe they're not the, the fourth worst. They're like the sixth worst or something like that. Uh, but Montana's a top 10 team because they're, they're complete. Uh, so that's what Idaho's looking at coming into this week. And they have the best home environment in the, in the conference at Washington Grizzly. TJ, yeah, you can see me stretching out, getting ready yeah, for these I, takes. You're distracting. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a, it's all right. I, no, I, I want to hear what you have to say. I've you, been, it's obviously very bodily and emotional. I've been waiting to see how I preface this, so I'm gonna go ahead and start with the overall picture. Let's think back to week three. We're playing Eastern Washington, right? 
and we have Washington was week four. Four, week three was right. Wyoming. All right, so we play these two crappy games and kind of a mediocre game right before, but we're really building up to what this win's going to be against Eastern. Not the same game. I completely understand, but this offense is looking kind of in prime to have this one of these big games where we come out firing. Um, Mason Petrino is being consistent. You know, there's not a lot of miscues minus, you know, some things with his height, hitting defensive linemen, and then that one interception as well. Um, but playing his game, moving the ball down the field, along with the running game with Andre Carter, um, Nick, White Lightning, Romano, um, still playing <laughs> well also. Um, so I'm not really worried about the offense. Defensively-wise, I think we, minus some of the losses, are set up to play big. Um, Lloyd Hightower is, is, has a resume for one of the big sky players of the year. Um, defensively, um, he continues to play game after game, um, you know, making these interceptions, making these turnovers that turn into big plays for the Vandals. And and it's, it's game changing for what they're looking for. Um, as far as we lost Chuck Okano, I know that was a big loss. Um, we've had a guy who has filled in for him. He had a big game. Uh, last week, and you know I'm bad with name dropping. Um, Leo Tomba. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> That's why we have you on, Brian. Um, but yeah, they're ready to go. Christian Ellis, I think this is this is his game. This is the game he's kind of been waiting for. Root Sports, he's ready to go. Um, so overall, I think this will be a big step-up game. I mean, all of Montana, let's think about it. It is a receiver from Rocky or Mountain View. Another receiver, a kick returner from Coeur d'Alene or Lake City. I mean, our guys have been recruited from across the country, and I think they're ready to show up and play. And I, I think, you know, once they get on the field next, next to these guys, they realize they're better athletes than them, and that'll make a big deal um, going into Little Brown Stein. Yeah, I think, I think you kind of hit a really good point there, and I'm going to touch it on my point. But I'm going to let open it up to Foley here first. Uh, you have a very intimate relationship with the Grizzlies. You've played them for God, how many, a hundred and something years now. And sorry for coming in hot, Foley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you kind of, what do you, for, you know, you only got to see Idaho once last year, and it's, I mean, it's actually pretty similar of a team, if we're being absolutely honest. But, uh, I mean, what do you think it's going to take for any team to beat Montana, especially Idaho? Well, the number one thing, the way you want to attack the Grizzlies is through the air. Their pass defense is the most suspect thing in their entire in their entire team right now. Everything else seems to be pretty solid. The offensive line has improved over last year, and, and that is still a little bit of a weak point. So if you can blitz Cam Humphrey, he's like like Brian said, he doesn't have the, the wheels that Dalton Sneed has. And so I would be trying to put pressure on Humphrey. But, you know, the, his first thing he's going to go to, he's going to go to his big receivers on the outside, right? And if that's not working, they're going to try to open up the, the newfound run game with Marcus Knight. So, but uh, as far as attacking them offensively, Mason Petrino and the gang, they got to go through the air. The, the pass defense is suspect. You're not going to beat them on the ground. They have a swarming run defense, but yeah, you can, you can pick them apart on the outside. Yeah, and you know, unfortunately, I do think that uh, <laughs> Ryan's spot on that the way to beat the Grizz is through the air. Unfortunately, I don't think we necessarily <laughs> exactly have that, what we didn't want. Yeah, <laughs> that ability. But I, I do like TJ's point here. No offense to you, Ryan. I know you're originally from Montana, but we'll we'll tie it in in Idaho. Uh, Josh Buss, a couple of years ago, was Montana's Buckus Award-winning linebacker. Played at Mountain View. That's Meridian, Idaho. Do you think 
Josh Bush in his entire career saw a 241 pound back like Andre Carter from Stark, Florida. No, like we have some friends that played on Idaho that were very good in Idaho football, and I imagine it's very similar in Montana. And then when they got up there and saw some of the national recruiting, uh, you know, it, it's different when you get hit from some dude from Mississippi and Florida and Arkansas than it is some Gomer from Eastern Washington. Idaho, or you know Idaho, um, for how much you know I was part of the Idaho call or high school football system. It's different. It's one hundred percent different. We get some studs, no doubt. But then you look at Montana. Who's their the quarterback that set the like one of their top passing records? Chad Challenge, Coeur Idaho. Uh, the guy that lost his job to Matt. I mean, I love Chad Challenge. I've said it on the podcast a billion times. Uh, but uh, lost his job at Idaho. You think Chad Challenge was getting hit guy by guys like Charles Ocano? No. Uh, well, he, he was, and he transferred. <laughs> <laughs> In practice, yeah. Um, but no, you know, I, I and I don't want to make that a you know the Northwest sucks at high school football. But I think that's something we have that's different than the rest of the Big Sky, and they got to see it last year. But uh, unlike most of the Big Sky places, that Southern Utah recruits Utah guys, Northern Arizona recruits, re, you know, re, recruits Arizona guys. Uh, I did a thing. Early in the year covering recruiting, Idaho had, I think, players from, I wanted to say, like 17 different states. The second closest FCS school had 13. So, I mean, we're getting people from all over the country with different different skill sets. And that's something I think can throw us off. The other thing I got is I actually think Paul Petrino has been, been very sneaky. And people that listen to the podcast won't be surprised by this at all. I think you, I think Brian's 100 spot on. You're seeing Cam Humphrey at quarterback for Montana. I don't think Dalton needs healthy, and I don't think – if he is, they're not or close to being healthy. They're not going to risk it on Idaho. I think he'll suit in case of an emergency. Like if Humphreys gets hurt, I think Snead's one hundred percent going in as the two. I don't think they're going to their third string guy. Um, but they're saving him for Weber in Montana State because you better believe they want to win Brawl of the Wild. They haven't won it in three years, and I don't know the last time they've won it. <laughs> Lost it four years in a row. But uh, I think Paul knows that. We we do say that Paul's actually pretty dang smart. He just makes some very Emotional decisions. I think we're going to see Cam Humphreys from Issaquah High School out here in uh, Seattle, Washington. He's going to be facing off against Nikhil Nair in Mercer Island. I think the the Mason thing last week was uh, we don't need to really show anything off. Uh, it also saves Nikhil his red shirt. So if we don't make the playoffs, he can still play these last four games. I think it's a huge shot in the arm of energy. I would not be surprised if Nikhil Nair actually winds up starting this game. I mean... I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't either because it's Paul and he loves Mason. But uh, I think that maybe he was leading everybody on to believe Mason Petrino is going to be the starter in this game where, I I don't know, he's sneaky like that. He does weird things like that. We all saw how he handled the Justin Blackman situation when he got hurt. I don't remember who we were playing that first week, Bowling Green or something. No, it was later than that, but... He tried to cover it up from the news cycle so that they didn't know that Logan Bushnell was rolling out at starting quarterback that year. So I think Paul has some tricks up his sleeve. Obviously, the lack of media coverage in Moscow, Idaho right now makes that very, very easy. Um, but uh, I think there's actually a shot that Paul wants this game, and it's been obvious. We're, we're about to just see whether this conspiracy theory is true, that Idaho only gets up for teams they respect or if they're only just a good home team. We've won all of our home games except Weber State which is a very good team. They're number three in the country right now, so it makes sense, and we only lost by six points. But uh, then you look, well, they play against teams they respect, like a Weber State. That's why we only beat 
Cal Poly by what is it? Math is uh what twelve. Twelve. Yeah. So <laughs> we even have a math <laughs> teacher on. Right? Full. You teach math, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. All right, I'll let Poly <laughs> do job, all the buddy. math. <laughs> that um, that Nick Hill Nair take might be the cornerest of the cornerstone. Oh, wait takes till I get to my corner stool take. I have yeah. ever heard throughout this but, podcast. So I gotta jump in on that. All right. Yeah, um, yeah. You guys. Hey, I guess I kind of filibustered there. Feel free to jump <laughs> in. I, I spit fine. some stuff. It's more, there's a ton to work with right now. Um, oh, I tried. I I need I need. There's two things that I I just well one thing I don't get. <laughs> Um, Idaho was in the big sky last year and Montana beat the shit out of us. So like, I don't like they saw our players from different geographic regions and killed us. So like, I don't understand like how the geographic thing is going to help us. But Andre Carter. And I I don't think people, I don't think they were trying last year. I think it was just kind of a thing. That is a, Oh, good Lord. Okay. So side note, there are some people who believe I'm a, I'm actually a Montana fan, not an Idaho fan, which is absolutely not true. Idaho first always. I grew up in a Montana (laughs) household, so I do follow Montana. We no dude. Idaho didn't not try against Montana. It's Montana is a uniquely bad matchup for us. Because they have such good receivers that we have to decide: are we going to, are we going to really commit to trying to keep everything in front of us, or and likely get killed by a running game because Bobby Howell likes to and run the ball, or are we going to try to stop the run? And we, we have one Lloyd Hightower. Uh, Montana's got three all league level receivers. That they're just a uniquely tough matchup for us. Uh, but second, Nikhil Nair used his red shirt last year. Uh, so yeah. Can't, no, but but no, no. He. Uh, oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah, 100 percent correct. Sorry, my uh, apologies. Um, I, that is true. <laughs> and I didn't mean it like they weren't trying for this game. But how much of this was a rivalry game to them? I mean, you knew Montana circled this on their schedule, and I really like Chris's point on Mon. You know, using Montana as his his smart points. I mean, he's maybe he has been waiting for something like this. He's proven he's only really wanted to take some st- stuff out on a couple teams and this year. If, if in Montana, I'm, you would have to imagine if you said Eastern was one, Idaho State I was two. two. And I, I don't I, – I said it at the start, you know, he has – I wish to, Boatman was on because he, he has – He had to hit his point. He had to hit his points to continue on to the next year. He had to beat his Division two. He had to beat Ohio, uh, Idaho State. He had to beat Eastern. And he has to win Little Brown Stein. And if I'm not corrected, he is a Carroll College guy. Am yeah, around there? Yeah, no, he's from Carroll. So this means even more to him. You know, he's in his home, you know, his college state, and I'm sure he knows the ins and outs of how this Grizz team works behind the scenes. And so, he did say last year going into the Montana State game that he was always a bit more of a Montana State guy, which means he probably doesn't like Montana. Right. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, R and R. You're totally on the same page as us. So, and this this will be a challenge. This will be a test for him. I think this will kind of be a big thing, not only for him, uh, for Vandal Nations. It's on Root Sports. I don't think we announced the time. And it's at one p.m. Mountain. Yep. Not noon. Not noon. Noon Pacific time. time however, yes. uh, yeah, and it's on Root Sports. So. Uh, Northwest broadcasts and the Northwest will be watching. This We're be, also undefeated on Root Sports this year. Yes, it'll. <laughs> great point. <laughs> so this will be a huge, huge, huge thing for the Vandals, for Petrino, um, for the Little Brown Stein. This will be a big matchup for him. Plus, I went to a, uh, a what do you call those? A psychic or a voodoo lady? 
I paid her a solid $25 for a little Bobby Hawk voodoo doll. So, <laughs> be poking it in the leg. I got I got lucky horseshoe. Was it rabbit's tail or rabbit's, rabbit's feet? I'm I'm going all out for this. But uh, I like that man. Yeah, <laughs> just rub the Montucky. Uh, so mm-hmm. I guess here's a question, uh, Brian, because we've talked about this a little bit. Um, the the discussion is: Is Idaho a good home team, or are they a good get up against teams they respect team? Do you think? And Foley, I want your take on this as well. Was the Montana State game last year an aberration? Was that a game that we were actually just showed up for and we're actually terrible on the road as the stats would show? Or is it because we respected Montana State and we should expect something similar like that in Wagriz? Because otherwise we're going to get blown out by Wagriz. I mean, top to bottom, the roster is just humming more than ours. I won't say it's more talented, but uh, it comes down to is it – that we're good at home or we get up for teams we respect. And I'll have Brian start. Yeah, so I guess a, a good contrast you could say for Montana and Idaho is Idaho does have elite talent. It's just we are not complete and that we have some pretty glaring weaknesses mixed with the effort issue we've talked about. Montana is just more complete right now. Um, so my take is – it. my take is not that we're a great home team uh, because Montana beat the shit out of us last year at home. Uh, my take is more that we we are we get up for the teams that we respect, and we had a very good home record, mostly on the strength of playing garbage teams at home. You know, for example, Southern Utah is just not talented, so it didn't ma- it, we would have had to play terrible to not beat Southern Utah. We we beat Portland State, who last season, if you guys remember, Portland State was terrible for most of that season. They had a little bit of a resurgence against Montana and a couple wins. Uh, but Portland State was really not good last year. Uh, we had that. We had a win against North Dakota, who they were ranked at the time, so we probably got up for it. Um, but then, then even looking this season, you know, we beat Cal Poly, who was absolutely terrible. We beat Central Central Washington, who's D two. Uh, we hung with Weber State. That to me is the bigger thing. It's it's us showing up against the bigger teams. I expect a better showing this season against Montana. Uh, my concern is just like I said. I think it's a uniquely rough matchup for us. Fully, I mean, you kind of got to watch. I, I mean, assuming you watched a little bit of the Idaho game last year. Um, I mean, do, I don't even heard the narrative either that we only get up for games we care about and all that. But I, I mean, if, do you have any take on kind of what Idaho's issues are? Well. You guys really confused me this year, so I have no clue what to think about what <laughs> Us I too. think about the Vandals. <laughs> it's like it's like who are you guys? I, I I think I lament your team every week on the podcast <laughs> on the R and I'm like Us I give too. up on the Vandals. Like I have no clue who you are. Like you know. So uh, but I remember watching the game last year. See the, the reason why the uh, Idaho hung up with Montana State really good last year is you dinked and dunked us on third down really well. I mean, Mason Petrino would be scrambling back there, and you guys would complete like a five-yard pass, and it would be just enough to move the sticks. I don't feel like uh, that. that's more of like a Montana State issue, that our defense was pretty porous back there in, in the middle, kind of played like a soft zone in the middle, and you guys were able to exploit that. Montana doesn't have that problem. So uh, I think you guys will uh, – obviously, Montana's going to get everybody's best shot. They always have. So no doubt you guys are going to be up for it. But I know Bobby Howe considers this a true rival, and he doesn't consider many 
two rivals. He says, you know, everybody considers the Grizzlies their rival because they always want to be a swallala. But he considers you guys a true rival, and I'm pretty sure he's going to have his players hyped up for this. Uh, it's going to be a tough game for the Vandals for sure, but I'm really rooting for you guys. Yeah, he definitely let Brian and I know that when we asked him where the uh, little brown stein was, he let us know it's on his desk. He didn't put it in the trophy case. So he definitely has a little he has a little soft spot for beating Idaho. That's for sure. But that's good because we, we need something like that. Any specific takeaways anyone wants to do before we kind of move into score predictions uh, or anything like that? Yeah, one thing for Idaho, the game plan Idaho needs to have for this, and this is the one area where we do have a strength um, overlap, let's say, against a grizzly weakness. Montana starts games out slow. They are on the season losing both the first and second quarter uh, against, you know, against the teams they play, but then they beat the hell out of teams in the second half. Idaho's a first half team. In the games we've won, we we don't come back. We get up early and we hold on to lead. You know, if we're going to stay competitive, we're going to have to take advantage of that dynamic to an extreme level. Uh, because if Idaho's not up by about 14 points at halftime, I think we're in trouble. But if we can score early, and if we can put some of the pressure on Cam Humphrey, like Sac State put on Dalton Sneed, because that line can be suspect. If we can start to put some doubt into the Grizzly passing game, there's a chance they start to shell up and do their their own version of old-school bobby ball and run it a ton. Uh, so I think there is a way for us to win, but a lot of things have to go right. Yeah, and I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I think the, the narrative to this one is 100%. Idaho has been a first-half team. Uh, we've led most of our games going into halftime or been tied, including Weber State, Eastern Washington, Northern Colorado, um, so this one's going to come down to we probably will jump out early and a lead. The opposite is true of Montana. They have really struggled in the beginning, letting Idaho State jump out, I believe, 21 or 24 on them early, uh, and then steamrolling them for like 62 straight points or something ridiculous. So it's 100% going to come down to first half, second half. It's going to be like Eastern. we got to get a big enough lead and have Andre Carter, Roshan Johnson, Ro- Nick Romano, White Lightning, White, White Lightning, Nick Romano. There we go. <laughs> um, and even Jack Bamis keep pounding the rock late and out Bobby Ball, Bobby. And yeah. I think, but I think there's a chance. Brian, I think, I think you're right. We'll get into score predictions in a little bit, but uh, that, uh, and I'm that, saying there's a chance. And as far as playing up to these big games, I know that's the narrative for this whole year. Um, the Vandals have clearly played better in front of these big crowds. Um Minus Penn State, asterisk. <laughs> um, but that big, one, not giant. Giant, yeah, <laughs> big asterisk behind Penn State. Um, but that Wyoming game was a sold-out crowd. They played extremely well. They wanted to shut the crowd up. Um, Eastern Washington versus Idaho. That stadium or the KB Dome was freaking rocking that weekend. Um, and I think this will be another game that they show up. They see all the fans. Washington Grizz Stadium. It'll be packed, and they'll show up and be ready to play. Yeah, in grudge matches, we're 2-0 and this year. Um, I'm looking for us to go 3-0. and We do have an interview from 2019's Big Sky Media Days, Brian and I do, with Bobby Hawk. We're going to play that for you now and then let you guys decide at the end of it uh, if Ryan is right. And then uh, we'll all be right back after that with our score predictions for the game. Uh, how you guys doing? Bobby. Bobby and 
Brian Marceau. Hey, Brian. Chris, nice to meet you. Chris, how you doing, man? Good. Uh, Good. We're both with I- University of Idaho's alumni podcast. Oh, nice. And then I also uh, I cover basketball for Montana Mint during the basketball season. Very good. Much of my questions are, I'm a, I got a teaching background. A lot of my questions are mostly like teaching. I'm, I'm curious about the teaching angle of coach. You're a welder? Yeah. yeah good. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm a hammer. Right. <laughs> okay, first question I have. I just want to bracket every question. I accept the, the point of games is to win and to win by as much as you um, so in your second second go around in Montana, uh, the context in, the context of what you inherited is, is or what you walked into is a little bit different round one from round two. Does that impact like the day to day teaching of component of coaching? Yeah, what, a little bit. I mean, well, it, it's uh, all right. So with your educational background, I mean, it's like first semester, second semester, you you, you start out with you're teaching math and. To seventh graders, you're going to be teaching a more advanced version of it in the second semester, yeah. or else you haven't done a good job. Yeah. First semester, and I think that our guys have kept up with the, the curve yeah. in terms of learning scheme, learning about the game. I think when you couple that with the fact that, uh, according to our sports information department, we had the youngest team in the history, 126-year history of Grizzly football last year. You know, I think some of that showed. Uh, it showed in the terms of not finishing things, games that is, uh, big mistakes. And we played well in stretches, but not well enough uh, yeah. consistently through four quarters. So that's something we need to do. Um, but again, it's not something that wasn't. Uh, a point of emphasis from day one, so you have to this year have to go back and reteach some things like you often do in education, yeah. and make sure that those the basis for everything you need to build upon are there. And so there's been a little bit of that, but I, I like our guys, I really do. I like their their want to, I like their determination, I like their work ethic. So I just don't know how talented we are, but if you have those. As I mentioned to my brother and a couple other coaching buddies and former players, they said, well, if you got those things, you're going to be all right. And I think we are. So, we'll see. So, also, so, okay, bracket for this question. I accept that this football season is not last season. So last year, you, you guys were essentially like two plays away from being eight, like eight and four. Or like, yeah, you're like two plays away from essentially like what seemed like a playoff lock. Um, on paper, the schedule this year is a lot tougher. On paper, the schedule this year looks like it might be tougher than it was last year. I guess, like, is there any, again, like, this is like a teaching thing. Is, yeah. One, like, how difficult is it, like, as the offseason moves on to move away from the fact, like, truly you guys were very close to a playoff team, which is, would have been a pretty big deal? Yeah, it's, it's no different than if you win them all. You have okay. to flush it and move on to the next one. You have to be forward-looking. You can't, you can't look back. Now, you certainly get a chance to correct off the mistakes and learn from them and all that. Yeah. Oftentimes, that's more comfortable when you, when you win. In fact, it's much easier to correct after winning than it is losing, just in terms of the psychology of dealing with young people. But, you know... I, li- I love our schedule because in, in our league, 
it's got to get fixed. Everybody's got to play everybody. I don't know if that's above me where those decisions are going to get made, but it needs to get fixed. And so this year is good for us because everybody that's, uh, I think, uh, looked at as uh, contenders, we play. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you guys play every playoff team from last year. And they play us. So I want to know, I guess, what are you – I feel like Dalton Snead's probably – there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the big sky, obviously. And I feel like he's one that doesn't get enough attention. What do you think – if he if he takes steps forward in these areas, you guys could be a conference champion, I guess. Well, that's the goal, you know. Yeah. We, we, want to, we want to win championships. That's kind of been the – the standard that's been set in place at our at our program, and it's been the last one we got to our name is 2009, which is that's not good enough at our place. And so, uh, certainly, if your quarterback plays well, it helps your cause at all levels of football. Uh, it gets talked about incessantly in the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it it applies. And Dalton, Dalton's a good football player. He's a great leader. He's a, he's a great competitor. He can run. He can throw. And we don't worry so much about uh, uh, the accolades. In fact, starting from the head coach, and I think it permeates our team, we don't really give a darn about any of that. What we care about is what the scoreboard says at the end of the game. And he's about that. He wants to win. And, it's good to have that that uh, trait in your quarterback. Okay, question I had has to do with the idea of momentum. Uh, again, like last year, you guys, I watched a bunch of you guys' games. You guys were really cool. You guys killed us as well. So, uh, thanks. But uh, played well. Yeah, yeah, you guys. You guys are real close. Yeah, so we, like you know, we we played well in November. Yeah, uh, we just could not over. We could not. Uh, Overcome ourselves in the last one. In, in <laughs> terms of, it's like as a comparison, like Mon Montana State, like there's the feeling of let's say momentum because far they closed out their season well. For you guys, because you were very close, because you didn't make the playoffs, and then you didn't get because you didn't make playoffs, you get a host playoff game and pick up a playoff win. It as an outsider, it can feel like positive momentum is a thing that has to be manufactured. I th yeah, like, I, I like think how, I think you create your own momentum, okay. and you have to have the the toughness and competitiveness to do that. Whether it's within seasons or games, I mean, everybody loses. Um, there, there are no teams that don't lose games. Yeah, that's why we we compete. And, you know, it's how you respond to adversity and all that. That's where momentum comes from. And, you know, in our our previous tenure, we never lost two games in a row, yep. ever, in seven years. And uh, that's important to be able to do that. And I think that uh, that's an acquired skill. And I think when you're, uh, you're more junior and senior dominated, that you have the ability to yank yourself out of uh, those sort of tailspins that you see teams get into. Yeah. And, you have to be steadfast and stick with your your core values and your your core way of doing things, and that's how you how you avoid that. And we we certainly uh, the attitude at our you know, 
in terms of momentum and all that, the attitude at our place is good. Okay. Our guys are enthused. Okay. And that's where it starts. The guys in the locker room are fired up, everybody's fired up. Okay. I got one last question. Yeah. Do you keep the little brown stein in the trophy case or do you keep it on your desk? That's in my office. Oh. It's right. in my office. Well, thank and you. It, uh, yeah, I came back in as soon as I got back. <laughs> last last the, the 2003 game when uh, Coach Cable was there, who's an old friend, yeah. uh, was a was a great day. For, was a hell of a game for us. Yeah. We didn't. We performed really well in that game, and as we did this year. It was kind of fun to get that rivalry back going. And I think that because there was that hiatus, um, I think people forget that's our second oldest rivalry. We played the game 80 sometimes, 86, 80. How many times we played Idaho? 86 or seven? 84, whatever. A lot of that's a lot of games. Yeah, a lot of history. And uh, the college football rivalry is uh, it's a special thing. I don't like. I, I think it's a screwed up deal that we would play that game back to back with our other rival. Yeah. You know, nobody else does that. Yeah. You know, they don't. They don't. You know, Florida and, and Georgia don't play back to back with Florida and Tennessee or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So that, that game probably ought to be scheduled for October yeah. and not in November where we're playing our other rivalry game. But because it's a big game, it's a big game for us. It's a big game for the Vandals, and it's uh, I'm glad it's back on. I just wish we weren't always playing all all our rivalry games in succession. Okay, last question. I grew up in a Montana household, disappointed that Michael died. Know. Both my parents are Montana. I can sense the disappointment. Yeah. Um, so, like, in comparing, like, being at UNLV in Montana, like, what I grew up with, being in a Montana household, is the is kind of the belief, like, every team thinks of Montana as their rivals. I'm presuming that was not the case at UNLV. Like, no. Like, like, what is that like? So the best, the, term, the best part about being a Montana Grizzly is people care. Yeah. Is uh, how she grew up in. People care. Yeah. And they're invested in it, and they pay attention. And the, the idea that and everybody looks forward to playing us was a uh, uh, source of pride uh, and emphasized the last time I was at Montana. We're getting back to that. And uh, our guys need to embrace that and enjoy that. Um, you know, the guys here in this room, they like coming to our place to play. Because uh, it's a cool place to play. Right, yeah, good to meet you. I love it. Oh, you love it. He, he liked the uh, the King Spud, him and Rob Pennessy. They were they were all about the King Spud, so I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Uh, anyways. <laughs> I don't know if hearing something from the preseason changes anybody's mind on the score prediction now that we're in week 11. That was god dang near four months ago. But uh, versus Sports Simulator has this as a 38-18 to Montana W. We're going to start with Brian Marceau. Can we get your score prediction, please? Yeah. um, 42-17, Montana. Oof. That's that. That is like the most eagerest like prediction score I've ever heard. Come on now. No, dude, it's a uniquely bad matchup. That that's the difficulty for Idaho. Weber State at the time fit better with what Idaho does defensively and offensively. I I really I think this is the single worst matchup we have in the FCS this year. 
TJ, give me a pick-me-up. R&R, you're my dude. <laughs> I love that reaction. Um, I think we – I'm not even going to compare it to any other game. We start out firing, and then we let up a bunch of points in the end, but we still pull out a win. 31-28, Vandals come out with a victory. Uh, before we get started, I actually got a quick – before I, I go, I want to know from Ryan, would you – rather have Troy Anderson, Travis Johnson, or Mason Petrino as the Bobcats quarterback. You put that in now? <laughs> it just hit me. <laughs> I had to ask him before it was outdated. Troy Anderson, uh, Mason Petrino, and who is the third? Travis Johnson. As the Bobcat quarterback right yeah. now? Yeah. Uh, I'll take Mason Petrino. Oh, oh my God. Wow. Wow. And you guys are still that's, a top twelve team. That's, that's sad. <laughs> well, here's you know I'll I'll give you a quick rundown why. Uh, both Travis Johnson and uh, better Troy Anderson are hobbled right now. They oh, okay. uh, uh, Troy Anderson has a high ankle sprain. Travis Johnson undisclosed injury. We need to be able to pass the ball. I mean, our our offense with uh, Troy Anderson, everybody knows it. It's the same thing with Travis Johnson. It's just stack the box. You know, you're gonna. They're going to look like they're going to pitch the ball, but they're not going to. The first time we pitched the ball with Troy Anderson all year was last game, and it opened up like 30 to 40-yard run plays for us. So it's easy defense against us, against Troy Anderson and Travis Johnson. I don't care what anybody says. I'd take a passing quarterback any day. Do you think, they, do you think they finally – this is sort of some of our people have never listened, but this is more motivation for them too. Do you think they heard R&R CatCast? I remember you guys specifically going, why do they run it up the middle? Every single play with Travis Johnson, it's the same thing they do with Troy Anderson. Why don't they try to pitch it to him on the outside? <laughs> I think at one point you guys brought up, like, remember that archaic play, the wheel route? But Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. It seems like they did listen to us. We kind of mentioned that on this week's pod. It was kind of funny. Somebody actually tweeted us. It's like, it says like, it's a wheel route. <laughs> sound, they sounded like, yeah, they sounded like they listened to the R&R CatCast. They're doing pretty much everything you guys said. And Thorny was like, yep, that's pretty much it right there. Well, so. well hopefully uh, Paul Petrino fired up his old iPod. What were those? The shuffles. He's got the shuffle. He's got tubs of the club on there. He fired it up and listened to us this week you know because but we okay. just gave him the advice to, in my opinion, a 35-21 Vandal W. I actually yeah, think I, Montana sleepwalks I, this one, and I think Paul Petrino secretly wants this game more than any of the other two he mentioned because he is a Montanan, and he wants this game, and it's a great way for him to cement the Petrino legacy and Mason be able to move to Montana after this and Get the hell out of the state of Idaho because I don't think he likes it that much. Brian's about to spit fire. I got fire. a real question for you, though. Yeah, hit me with how it. I'm the, ready for this. How the hell do we score 35 with Mason Petrino playing? We scored 35 against the best defense in the big sky. Do you know how many Mason Petrino teams have scored 21 points in the last two games he's played? I mean, we're I, obviously we're not going to exactly get you know that 12 average. But, um, that, sorry, 10 and a half. But I, man, I don't, I don't see how our our, our weaknesses are just ma- but just matched up it, so poorly. I don't know how we score thirty five. You know? Is Weber State the best defense in the Big Sky? Yes. Did Mason Petrino put thirty five points up against Weber State? So I mean, it's Mason, possible. 
I mean, I mean, it's possible. I mean, you certainly wouldn't accuse that 35 against Weber of being because of Mason Petrino, I, of course. I but I'm not saying Mason scores all the touchdowns. I mean, you look at Weber State, they had, what, four rushing touchdowns last week? I, would, I think we have a pretty deep, other than maybe Weber State, the deepest running back core in the big sky. So I'm not saying that Mason Petrino is going to do all of it, but I'm telling we score 35 against the best defense in the big sky. I've got hope against, uh, no offense to Montana, Outside Dante Olson, no one on their defense scares me. And I don't think Robbie Houck's that good. I would love to see Mason Petrino <laughs> put Robbie Houck's face mask into the dirt, just like Andre Carter did the Kreiner's kid for Eastern Washington. So I'm all I'm pro coaches' kids getting their face mask put in the turf, except Mason this week. I know for a fact, with a plug, that if you incentivize Mason Petrino with a certain tub and a shot at a certain club, that he will put up 40 points against your team. The Mo Club? So <laughs> I hope you're listening, Mason. I will freaking fly in to get you whatever you want. All right, mm-hmm. the, vo- the voice of reason, yeah. Ryan Foley, <laughs> the neutral. You hate the Grizz. You're probably pretty just eh on the Vandals. So, but uh, what's your honest score prediction? If Vegas was calling, having you set the line, what are you predicting it to be? So – so at halftime, I got 17-14 Grizz. And then Grizz are going to pour on 28 points in the second half. Their third quarters are just freaking amazing. And so they're going to end up with 45, and the Vandals are going to end up with 10 more after halftime with a score of 45-24. All so right. is that an E-Grizz pick, too? <laughs> it is. It really <laughs> okay. is. You guys read too much E-Grizz. I'm more of an all-Vandals guy. They're all just cynics there. They have it as like 55-0. <laughs> you know though you know if you get them off their game you go back to watch if you can if you did get a chance to i, I got to watch the U of M sac state game and sac state was one step ahead of them all game long and, and then it was in Sa- uh san luis obispo uh, is that where sacramento no yeah. it's in sacramento yeah, yeah, sacramento. Me, I'm of cal poly sorry <laughs> uh yeah i'm not a geography teacher None Anyways, of um, you know Sacramento owned the Grizz that night. And so I'm sure Bobby Petrino and his staff have to be looking at the table, trying to glean something from Troy Taylor's um, staff. So, you know, if you get ahead of them or put them into a – if you can make Cameron Humphrey feel anything uncomfortable, you guys got a shot. Yeah, like a second-time starter, I think we've got a shot. And uh, yeah. our defense is a lot better than who they just beat, Portland State. I mean, I guess Portland yeah. State shut us out. But, <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. Chances to properties in sports. Also, there should be additional vandal motivation. Uh, you guys do know what FBS school Cam Humphrey initially committed to. Yeah. Yeah, everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah, Boise State. Just for, for our listeners, Cam Humphrey initially committed to Boise State. All right. Way to make it a real sad podcast. And my education got compared to Boise State on Big Sky Big Takes. I'm just on that can't escape them. Anyways. <laughs> All right, there's going to be a lot of people in Missoula. Mm-hmm. Um, Foley, you're from Montana. Marceau, you've got Montana roots. I visited Montana quite a few times. Uh, any good places to recommend our listeners that are going to be making the trip to the fir- there for the first time since 2003 on places to eat, places to drink, um, all those goodies. Foley, as a native, do you want to you want to hit the easy ones for us? Yeah. Uh, I did my student teaching over in Missoula. One place I always really liked to have a beer was the Rhino. The Rhino and Reds, they're pretty pretty close to each other. Um, hit those up. That'd be good for you guys. 
Okay. Uh, Marceau? This is a no-brainer. Mo Club? Both both Mike Nugent and Brent Wahlberg's well, we're avoiding uh, companies them. they work for, they have tailgates that the companies run. Eat on their dime. That's Show up to both their tailgates. That's that's pretty true. <laughs> TJ, have you been to Missoula? I know you're a big Big Sky Bozeman person, but I don't know if you've been to Missoula. Nope. Big Sky guy. Big Sky guy. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I'd say the Mo Club. It's the version of the Corner Club out there. Not nearly as great, um, but uh, it's still pretty history. Then Stockman's. They got liquor in the front, poker in the back. That's a solid one. And then Foley, I know you're a brewery type guy. Uh, I went to the Tamarack there when I was there for – uh, we popped in on our way to St. Patrick's Day in Butte, Montana, which TJ, I have my golden koozie from the R&R Cat cast. TJ is using, we've, you've converted us to koozie people, uh, to the <laughs> to the Maloney's Bar in Butte, Montana that I got on St. Patrick's Day. What's that say there, TJ? What's the coldest beer? In the universe. Coldest beer in the universe, Maloney's in Butte, Montana. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we stopped into the Tamarack, and that was pretty good. I actually think Big Sky's a little overrated, but uh, I like the Tamarack. I don't know if you've had any of their beer. Uh, I, I can't think of anything offhand. I always like Kettle House. Kettle House it is kind of my go-to when yeah, I'm over the there. the Cold Smoke's pretty good. Yeah, what's the best uh, Montana brewery we could probably get while we're there? For you guys that don't know, the R&R Cat Cast guys are very beer enthusiasts. Especially fully, um, Thornburg's <laughs> Thornburg's more of a Coors Light in Montucky kind of guy, which is a uh, more our speed. Ooh, I'm gonna tell him that. That's gonna be good. I like that <laughs> for sure. Yeah, hit up Kettle Kettle House. You like that? Uh, yeah. They got Cold Smoke. I mean, that's one of the most popular beers in you know east of, or west of the divide over here. So. Gotta gotta get that Scotch ale. That's great stuff right there. Yep, and if you're looking, if, if you make it to Missoula and you're looking for a tailgate, um, there's going to be a big Vandal tailgate. Not just the alumni one. We know a couple people that now live down there. They're, I mean, they've been waiting for this for three years since we announced we're going back to the Big Sky. So hit me up on Twitter and I can uh, get you over there. Plus, like we said, the greatest fan podcast guys. Um, so th- there'll be a lot of fun places to go. Um, and then hopefully after the game, we can all have a little vandal celebration somewhere at that little brown stein. But we might get into that, the hashtag STATCs, a little bit later. But next we have Corner Stool Takes. And fully, I don't know how much of our podcast you listen to or if you listen all the way through since these are usually pretty late. But this is pretty much a hot take, and you can do it on a game or just something generic uh, going on in, in life. And we'll have uh, TJ kind of give you an example of what a Corner Stool Take is. So, yeah, I have two, and both are pretty brief. Um, I'm going to start out with the Idaho Vandals football social media or the Idaho Vandals sports social media. Really kind of frustrated with what's going on with game day presentation, um, lineup, um, preview of what's going on. Um, there's several, several school di- or you know universities around you that have done a great job. Eastern does a fantastic job. Washington State does a great job of what time they're playing, where you can find them, what jersey that they're wearing, just to get people fired up. Um, I know Twitter's one thing. You can't find me on Twitter. You can't find me on Twitter, but I won't check it. Uh, but Instagram, I need a day, you know, a Saturday check-in. Wake me up in the morning, show me what we're wearing, what time we're playing, and where I can watch the game to get not only myself, but fans, fans involved, fans ready, you know, block out their day for when that Vandal game starts. I think that should be a huge point of emphasis that we're lacking on. I don't know where the social media chair is, um, but that's my hot take as far as um, 
vandals go. As far as cornerstone takes go, um, I think there's a reason why there's no Montana Grizz on this podcast. They're scared. Yeah, I think there's something going on that they've seen with a trend with this season that they, oh, they're due for an. They don't want to say something on this pod, and I know they don't listen all the way into this pod to hear this segment that they are worried that they might say something that they will regret later on and that they will forever hear. So, Cornerstone Take, there's a reason why the Grizz aren't on this podcast. Yeah, to kind of, I'll, I'll just bounce off that and then we'll give it to Brian. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, there's a reason Bear Tycoon is absolutely crapping on Idaho every chance he gets on Big Sky Big Takes and the Montana Mint Sportscast. Uh, Brent is a pretty f- level-headed guy, but he definitely takes his shots. Mike takes his shots. I will say Luke is a pretty good uh, a, a supporter of for, for the most part Idaho, but I think there's a reason why the four guys that seemed like easy people to come on our podcast were all, all a part of the Big Sky Podcast Network together are afraid to come on. So we had to you know, end there's up getting fully, which is even better. There's a lot of excuses. And then to your point about social media, if you want that kind of stuff, we have our team coordinator, Martin Heemster, who's always posting stuff like that on Tubs at the Club in case you don't follow us on Twitter and just heard the podcast. We do post the jersey combinations and the time the game has started, where you can find it, and the radio network. So Ouch. we have that. But it's Ouch. also sad that the fan-ran stuff has to do it, not the university. So you're right on that. But TJ has been very obvious that he doesn't follow Twitter very much. Uh, my <laughs> my corner stool take is 100%. I would think that this one is my biggest one I've ever done. Andre Carter, 250 yards rushing, three touchdowns. Ooh. Ooh. I think it is feed the beast. We have a way more veteran offensive line than Montana State's defensive line. I think they just pounded up the gut and wait for him to break a couple, and then he just runs over Robbie Houck all the time when he's the last man there to make the tackle. Brian? A uh, couple things. First <laughs> off, breaking news. Oh, boy, we I... lost, didn't we? Go Pokes. Oh, oh, come on. Come on, Vandal Hater. What the hell is that? <laughs> Idaho. With a huge, historic win, 88-82 over NAIA Evergreen. Yeah! Down go the gooey ducks. (laughs) For reference, Portland State, who is not picked to win the Big Sky, narrowly defeated Evergreen State 103-46. to (laughs) Cue the Um, Martin Heinstra, in heaven they serve no beer, and that's how we drink it. Yeah. And in hell, there's Idaho basketball. So. <laughs> so definitely drink the beer while you're here. Yeah, so my corner stool take is, listeners, please, please tell me there's something you want other than Idaho basketball We're doing for, me to, for me to cover through the winter. Man. The, if, you want, if you want Brian to still be here next year because he doesn't get driven mad and we have to check him into an asylum, we're going to have to figure something out for covering basketball. Yeah, man, it's it's looking rough. We're in the midst of factory reset. Football was bad. Admin, which is it's great for admin. Um, the downside is in basketball, it doesn't turn over in a day when you get to hire the president and the AD. Uh, we have a year that we're gonna have to get through, and this is a wretched stretch for us over these last couple of years. But there is light in the future if you look at our football team and the young guys we have coming back. Uh, we we could be good. Um, I don't think again, like my corner stool take is 
all the keys we need to win, we will not hit against Montana because they're just a terrible matchup for us. Uh, but we're starting to become the kind of team we need to be, to be a real FCS playoff competitor. I still have, I, I have hope about our football team in the future. We're just not going to see it, a ton of it this week. All right, uh, Foley, I hope you've kind of that, – that was a weird week for Cornerstool takes, and we'll even let you expand it into Big Sky and Bobcats too. Just tell us something that uh, is either a very hot take or something that pisses you off extremely. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep with the Bobby Halk thread. Uh, that is, you guys are going to take the Grizz down. Bobby Halk this, Bobby Halk this. Like, here's the thing, fellas. Like, nobody's <laughs> afraid of Bobby Halk. And who is Bobby Halk? Did you see his record at in UNLV? He won like 17 games. Like that's nothing. You know what? Foley knows his role and he brought his own energy. That's how you coach. Um, all right. So now we're getting into our section called Getting Iced. Um, that's where you get to ask us any question you want and we have to answer it. And it can be football related. It can be sports related. It can be life related. Uh and so you get to ask us three any question, we'll answer it honestly. And I know we did not give you time to prep this because, uh, as we've covered extensively, the Grizz Fan Pod is uh, unreliable, unlike the R&R Cat Just like getting iced. It's <laughs> unexpected. It's true. It is unexpected. You just throw it on somebody. Who is, outside of Montana, who is the team you enjoy beating the most in the big sky? Ooh. I was about to go easy there, but uh, caveat in the big sky. Go ahead. Um, probably Eastern. I mean, I have some friendly banter. I don't call it friendly. We have some very open banter with that Eags fan nation or whatever the heck that account is. But, yeah, they're very cocky for really no one knowing who they are outside of, you know, the FCS. At least people know Montana and Montana State outside the FCS. In the FCS, Eastern's a big deal. But they've always been, like, in the shadow of Idaho and Washington State. So I hate that we went, like, back into the big sky. And then they're trying to act like they're our big brother. And I'm like, no, <laughs> get out of here. Go back to little Cheney, the, like, the bitch end of the Palouse. And be quiet. <laughs> Sit down. Take a seat. Oh, man, it's a, it's a toss-up. Right now, to me, Weber State is the evil empire. Because I know they're scoring points, but still – they're still boring as hell to watch for me. I'm not, I guess I'm not a football connoisseur and I'm not the kind of coach who sees the artistic quality of running it up the middle three times in a row and gaining 15 yards and a half and still winning like Weber state just about did against Northern Iowa. But anytime a boring entity goes down, everyone should celebrate. So to me right now, Weber state is the team I would love to beat the most. Yeah, I mean, there's one other team that we haven't talked about that we, we've all touched on. Um, the one team I'd rather beat would be the Montana State Bobcats. I honestly think <laughs> after last year, playing in the snow, that battle of a game, and just seeing how freaking awesome that game was and how close it was, I think that should be a yearly scheduled game now. Oh, it should be. Yeah. You mean compared to their protected rival of Northern Colorado? Right, exactly. Oh, man, you stepped on my question I was going to throw. Hey, oh. we got time. <laughs> you still can. <laughs> I mean, R&R, I'd love to drink with you every every year and come meet with you for a game like that. Not only that, but see how that game went and hopefully come out with a win 
in Bozeman or in Moscow. Great, great college towns, both sides. Well, Foley lives in Spokane, so he should definitely well, be making every way. year in Moscow. But, you know, great college towns, great universities. I think top of the big sky and great football game. And I did drop him the date to the Idaho-Montana State game next year, so they there just got to go. figure that out because uh, we'll be there. I guess, yeah, that was the answer. Is it sad that no one answered Idaho State? No, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> not no. Even, no. <laughs> um, me, all right. So here's the thing that I'll I'll throw there. Okay. Is I think Idaho State can become a rivalry. Like I don't, I don't have. Yeah, like, I mean, I wrote two articles on it. I look. agree. Yeah, and I like I like the idea that you wrote about. And actually, I wish I would have thought Idaho State. I guess I wouldn't have put them over um, Eastern or Weber. But part of it is Idaho State needs to they they need to win some games. For that to turn into a game where they not only you're happy well. that you beat them, yeah. but it's a big thing to talk about. Yeah. yeah, I mean, of course, great for Idaho to talk about teams need to win games. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, do, do those answers suffice? Do you have anything you want to uh, take jabs at what we said there, Foley? No, man, that, that's good. The only other thing I was thinking about that I wanted to ask you guys now that you mentioned it is: it okay to root for two Big Sky teams? And if so, is there a team that? Like is uh you know I know you guys are all one A on the Vandals. Do you have maybe like a two C team that you kind of pull for every now and then? Not as far as the Big Sky goes. I think FCS wise, he's uh, a big Jacksonville State guy. I mean, Although he mixes them up with Jacksonville and Jackson State all right. the time. Uh, I would actually say, sadly, it's probably the Bobcats or the Grizz. But uh, recently, I've tended to lean a little bit more. Last year was the first year I'd ever been the Bozeman. I love Bozeman more than Missoula, uh, which uh, kind of has made me lean more Bobcat, which is why I listen to your guys' podcast before the Grizz Fan Podcast. Well, who wants to listen to three hours? Yeah, that's true. I, mean, I don't have that much time. Come on now. <laughs> Some of us have jobs. <laughs> and so for me, I have a big sky hierarchy. I mean, I, I grew up with, in a Montana. Both my parents graduated from University of Montana for undergrad and then Eastern for their master's. So I grew up going to those games. So for me, Idaho's first, but then my next hierarchy, it's Montana slash Eastern. And it's whoever is better out of those teams is who I root for that year because I want big sky teams to advance in the playoffs. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, now speaking of after we just bash them for three hours, we just hit the hour mark. So we'll start picking up the pace here. Um, but we're to the quick part of it now. Uh, hashtag STTC TJ I didn't get these to you beforehand So I know I'm going to have to hold your hand through them So we'll let you start here I'm just going to ask them to you guys Go ahead. Um, Hashtag STTC TJ mm-hmm. By our man At Idaho Grown T Cash The myth, the man, the legend My guy. Taylor Cash Hashtag STTC Where is the best Vandal pregame spot In Missoula the night before I know you have no answer, but we just gave you some cool places. What place stood out to you the most? Um, T-Cash, I would say any place that had the best wings and Montuckies, I would go with that spot. T-Cash, if you're going, you've got my number. Hit me up. We need another wild and crazy night. So Miss you. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hook up, and that's the place you should be the game before. Or beat Montana. All right, let's do a, let's do a Foley one. Um because I, I think this one would be pretty good. It's from Dan Martson at Captain58. Hashtag ask TATC. 
listening to Big Sky Big Takes on at Big Sky, Big Sky Podcast, I've heard a lot about the Grizz and their low-ranked pass defense. How glad is at Grizz Fan Pod <laughs> to see Mason Petrino under center? And despite shortcomings at quarterback, huh, any chance a guy <laughs> like Cotton goes off on Saturday? It's a prayer for me, man. <laughs> I, I really hope you guys can go over the top on them. That's really, I think, uh, Idaho's only shot. So, yeah, go for it, man. And there, You have nothing to lose. you got to air it out. Brian, you got any thoughts on that one? Yeah, we're th- – this is the problem with Mason, man. He, he just isn't talented enough. He needs a clean pocket and a good, like, five-second count to – project a, a pass 15 yards so i mean for jeff cotton to have a huge game he's gonna have to get a huge amount of yards after the catch um, is it feasible for that to happen i mean i think so but i mean if, if you look at how how our passing distribution is really it's just jeff cotton and control hayward who get a huge amount of receptions no other guy on our team has more than 10 receptions so cotton can have a huge game and it still keeps us under 200 yards receiving or right around 200 yards receiving. Um, so I, I just don't think we, if we play Mason, we have taken airing it out off the table, which is something we've willingly done for two damn years now. I'm going to take this last one that is from Idaho grown T cash again, hashtag ask the ATC when we win the Stein, how do I get my picture taken with it? Well, I'm hoping they'll take it to the corner club immediately, in which case you just got to talk to Mark. You think they're busting or flying? <laughs> they they fly to crazy places, mm-hmm. but I would hope they're going to bust the Missoula. <laughs> Speaking of, we have this athletic crisis, which is why we have to play two <laughs> FBS teams, but yet they're taking charter flights to Pocatello. I hope they're not taking charter flights to Missoula, but you never know. It's Paul Petrino. Uh, that's, that rhymes, doesn't it? There you go. <laughs> you never know. It's Paul Slogan Petrino. for next year. Um, yeah, I say you get your ass to the corner club before those big buses get there, and uh, the boys will be back in town with that, that Stein, and they should just let Mark keep it in the trophy case. Don't even take it back to the dome. Keep it in the corner club case, right next to like the little Rob Akey Rainier bobblehead thing. Right, because that works like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, anyways, moving past this, we're on to the Ooh. big sky pick em. Yeah, TJ's excited. Going back last week, Brian and Mr. Boatman went four and two. TJ and I went five and one. TJ with the pick of picks, picking Northern Colorado <laughs> to beat Idaho State. That was the hype of the weekend. Uh, yeah, and then I don't remember what game you picked. Oh, you picked Sac State over Weber. Otherwise, you would have gone six and zero. Oh. But uh, that was very good. It brought the standings here. Brian is still in the lead. With uh, 59 and 13 pick uh, standings, that's an 81.1% pick em rate. Uh, I'm in second with 53 and 19. That puts me at 76.8%. TJ is 51 for 21, 73.9%. And Alex the Boat Boatman is 26 for 11 uh, with 70.2%. Does that mean I'm first this week? Ye- yes, yeah. you you All get right. a you get go. a pick last uh, oh. because we don't want to steal your pick. And then Ryan, you get to jump in because we always have guests go last. All right, so starting off, actually, we'll have you pick this game first. How's Thank that? You. All right, cool. Starting off, week number eleven, number twelve, Montana State is traveling to the trappiest of trap places, Greeley, Colorado, to face the arch rival, the Northern Colorado Bears. 
Who you taking? I have never heard someone talk so much about a trappy place than you have in Greeley, Colorado. But I'm sticking with my dude, R&R, Foley, Montana State Bobcats. Take the win. <laughs> We're going to have Ryan you know go it. We're yeah. going to have Ryan go first. But, yeah, <laughs> I don't think you're picking against the, the uh, old rival there. Um, I'm also taking Montana State. Oh, Brian. yeah, we got to have Montana State win that game. It's going to be an easy win for Montana State. Yeah, Brian? Don't sleep on the <laughs> Northern Colorado defense. Only given up 35.4 points per game, which you would think it'd be worse, but it's only the fourth worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Montana State's going to win this by 30. Like, Northern Colorado, they have, like, two good players, and that's about it. Yeah, once they're dead last in offense. They're like they only score eighteen point seven points per game. They're just horrible. I mean, I you know, Chris, you are exactly right. Northern Colorado, Greeley's just a weird place, and we've never played well there. And so I'm not Neither saying it's an easy game from <laughs> for Montana State, but we should win. We should I, win, you know. But I, it's it's Greeley, so who knows, really? So yeah. Also, in Big Sky play, Northern <laughs> yeah. Colorado's frisky. They're 25.4 <laughs> points per game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, on to what could be a little bit more competitive a game. Now we're going back to the picking order. So, Brian, you'll be first here. Uh, number 22, North Dakota, is traveling to Ogden, Utah, to play number three, Weber State. Uh, we forgot to mention the Montana State game. Montana State is a 11.5-point favorite. Um, Weber State is a 16.5-point favorite. Against North Dakota, who are you taking in the money line? I am taking Weber State. They're top three. They just beat the hell out of Sac State. North Dakota's not going to be tough for them. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to win by 16, um, but I am definitely still think Weber wins this game, so I'm taking Weber. TJ? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Damian Lillard's Webers in this game. <laughs> Ryan? <laughs> Yeah, I'm going with Weaver. Uh, their offense is coming alive lately, and North Dakota is just not the same outside of Grand Forks. Yeah. Uh, next, we have number eight, Sac State, is playing, uh, going to Flagstaff, Arizona, to play Northern Arizona, who is a 13-and-a-half-point dog at home. Brian? Speaking of frisky defense, Northern Arizona only allowing 43.6 points per game. Holy, Mason Petrino <laughs> could hang 60. <laughs> yeah, um, Sac State. Yeah, Sac State is still top three defense and top four offense. I'm going to go with Sac State. Um, I'm also Sac State, and I actually picked this one, and I believe as my lock in the Big Sky Better Lines. Um, Sac State after that loss is gonna come out firing, and Northern Arizona's D is just, just trash. I like Brian with the frisky shoutouts this week. That is awesome. <laughs> Too much hot take, Nate. Um, yeah, but N- also Bobcats. See, they're the best. And <laughs> NAU, another undefeated dome team. Shouts out Casey Everett. Um, have put up a good fight, but it's tough to beat Sac State, and I think they come in and get the wing. Stingers up, right? <laughs> This one's going to be close, fellas. It depends on Kevin Thompson is or Kevin Thompson is going to play. He if he's hurt still, Sac State's going to have a hard time. Uh, Case Cookies could light him up. Uh, Northern Arizona in a close one. All right, that leaves those uh, apparently behated Eagles of Eastern Washington traveling to the less not even remotely behated Bengals of Idaho State, 
who are six and a half point dogs at home in the mini dome. Brian? Idaho State is in free fall. In the last three games, Matt Strzok, who might not start for him anymore, has gifted the opposition five touchdowns, four pick sixes, and a fumble return for a touchdown. Idaho State, if not for Northern Arizona, we'd be talking about Idaho State's just abominable defense. Eagles win. They're going to kill them. Yeah, you know when like you're little and your parents always tell you, like, well, if your friends told you to jump off, or if all the cool kids jumped off the bridge, would you jump off the bridge too? That's what I did with Idaho State this year. Brian can tweet me, tweet an image of it if I was wrong, but I believe the first two weeks I had Idaho State last in my Big Sky Power Poll, and then I started hearing all this frisky talk, and they're good, and Rob Fennessy, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, nope, I'm back to thinking Idaho State's the worst team in the Big Sky this year. Yes, and that's including Northern Colorado, who just proved it, and Southern Utah. So, yeah, I screwed up is going to get screwed up real bad by the Beagles. Yeah, the only mint shout-out they get this week is Eric Barrieriere and Eastern Washington wins this game. Yeah, it's not even close. Eastern's going to kill them. By the way, side note, Idaho State closes the year. They, they're going to get killed BYU. by Eastern. Then they travel to BYU and then close the year on the road at Weber State. Another they're... protected rival. Welcome to Southern Idaho. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, just... Man, they're they're going to finish the year with two FCS wins. Uh, they're... Whatever it... rebound people thought was coming, it's not there. The state of the Latter-day State the Saints isn't going to have a big rivalry week these next three weeks. Um, all right, let's see here. UC Davis versus Portland State. Uh, I don't know if I wrote this one down. That can't be right. I have it as 35 points. I think it's three and a half, so I could be totally off on this spread. But anyways, UC Davis versus Portland State. Brian, who are you taking? No question, UC Davis. UC Davis's only losses are to good teams, worst ones to North Dakota. Portland State is not one of those teams. Portland State's past defense is wretched. Jake Mayer is going to throw for 20 touchdowns. Yeah, in the original Big Sky Big Takes, the second half of the finalist question was which game would you avoid? I had this game. I called it the Hopeless Bowl. Uh, there's still hope for both these teams that they could maybe be fringe playoffs, but uh, it's just kind of pathetic to watch that they're both still holding on to that hope. But out of those teams, UC Davis has the bigger chance to put a stamp on it. I think UC Davis rolls Portland State. Uh, sorry again. Shouts out, Mint. Meer, Meyer, Meer, 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 Meer. UC Davis wins. We're not mad at the Mint. We're mad at the Grizz fan pod. But they are OG. <laughs> Ryan? So, yeah. So, UC Davis reminds me a lot about, like, you guys. And I just, you never know what's going to come. That's but true. I think they're, in general, just a little bit better than Portland State, even when they're on the road. Yeah. All right. Well, that takes us to the FCS Fans Nation Pick'em Challenge. Week 10 results. I got three. Teacher got four. Not good weeks for us. The, fire, the standings there for the tub of tub tokens. Mitch Hopkins still leading the way with 63 points, followed by TJ with 57 points. Connor Lindstrom jumped Jamie Hill to 56. Jamie sitting at 53. Chris with that missed week still bringing up the rear, 46, keeping the bus safe at the back. Uh, But week 11, looking to make some moves. We've got Richmond, so we're going to go. How's that go? So we'll go Brian, Chris, TJ. Well, same order. We'll just do that. (laughs) Richmond versus number 18, Villanova. Brian. Villanova. Yeah, Nova. Nova as well. Yeah, I'll say Nova. 
We got n- number 15, Kennesaw State, traveling to the hump day camels of Campbell. I hate to give any support triple option, but Kennesaw State. Yeah, this might be a preview of my game of the week. Um, the team I hyped up, Kennesaw State. Cornerstool take. Uh, yeah, I should have gone there. My bad. But uh, Kennesaw State is trash. Uh, they just lost to Monmouth. I think they lose to Campbell, and they fall well out of the top 25. They don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Let's make sure there's not a slight of a chance they make it in. Campbell. Yeah, I'm going with Campbell, too. Kennesaw State's in a free fall right now. Yeah, they are. Uh, Jackson. TJ. Jackson. Yes, yeah, different okay. conference. I got Versus Alabama A&M. Brian? Jesus. Uh, Alabama A&M. <laughs> A and M's been solid all this year. Uh, I'm gonna go with them. Uh, Alabama A and M. I literally know nothing about both of those, so I'll, I'll go with the majority. Alabama A and M. Alphabetical, <laughs> as Brian likes to say. Yeah, uh, the alphabetical pick. Uh, Maine versus Elon. Man, this uh, to me, this is kind of tough. Uh, Sagarin has these guys four spots separated. Both are at four and five. Disappointing for them. I'm going to go with Maine. Rise from the ashes, the Phoenix themselves. Elon takes this victory. Not so fast, my friend. Bears taking Maine. Yeah, I'm going with the fighting bears. (laughs) All right, we got the number 21 ranked. Towson Flacco's. I don't care what the real logo is. Versus Stony Bro. Towson, though I do like the name Stony Bro. <laughs> In the freaking game that nobody cares about, let's go with Towson again. Remember when Towson was top 10? Yeah. Where's the big sky in this week, Kyler? <laughs> yeah, Kyler. Uh, uh, I'm taking Towson. Little Flacco. Yeah, I'm going to go with Towson too. All right. Next up, we have ETSU. My favorite team because I like App State and the FBS now, even though they have nothing to do with App State because it's in Northern Carolina and not Tennessee versus West Carolina. Oh, thank God I found where West Carolina is ranked. Um, I am going to go with the alphabetical pick of ETSU. Uh, yep. Uh, Brian seems to be on a hot streak. ETSU. Yeah, Buccaneers. Yeah, I'm going to go same. All right. Uh, UT Martin versus Austin Pierre. Pierre? Pierre? I have to learn what teams are in what conferences. I'm going to go on the strength of them every once in a while, have an okay basketball team, Austin P. Austin P is coming off a win last week. I'm going to stick with them. I thought UT Martin was University of Texas at Martin. UT Martin. Until last year when I found out it was, or last week when I found out it was Tennessee. I don't trust it if I don't know where it is, so I'm going with Austin P. I'm going Austin P. Game of the week. Finally a game that makes sense, Kyler Neal. Number 10, Princeton versus the number 13. I can't believe it. Dartmouth won on a hell Mary. Dartmouth. I don't know what they are. The Great Danes or something? <laughs> nope. <laughs> there's a, there's Big green. green. Yeah, nope. Mean green. <laughs> That's North Texas. I don't know. TJ will tell us. He loves the Ivies. Yep. Uh, Brian, who are you taking? Oh, man, I, I – cornerstool take. I hate the Ivy League not playing anyone but themselves. Uh, Dartmouth. 
Uh, I'm going Princeton. They have a five-star quarterback sitting on their bench as a backup and two four-stars, one behind him, one in front of him. Princeton is like the best recruiting Ivy League maybe in the history of Ivy League. So Princeton, and I bet you they blow them out. First of all, you mixed up the big red. Not so fast, my friend. The big red of Cornell and probably the big green of Tulane. No, mean green. Mean green of uh, North, North Texas. Texas. So we're yeah, the green wave of Tulane. <laughs> I, on the other hand, think wish that the Ivy League could play in that tournament. Princeton is very good. They, they could. Will. They choose not to. And they will come out with this win. Princeton? Because mm-hmm. you don't hang out with Harvard men? Well, I do. But. Uh, all right. FCS, what FCS game would you be watching this weekend if it wasn't Idaho versus Montana, which means fully for you. It's obviously that rivalry of yours, Montana, Montana State. you got to pick somebody else. Uh, TJ. Yes. Um, I'm going with the Big South pretty much championship Wow. to see who gets uh, – hopefully gets a bid. Um, Shouts out Kelsey. I know you're picking the Campbells, but I think Kennesaw takes this and outright wins a bid for the tournament. So Kennesaw State versus Campbell, Campbell Campbells. There you go. Uh, Still would have to beat Mammoth, but they've got a shot if they beat Kennesaw. Uh, Brian. Oh, man. Um, I always stick with Big Sky because I don't really care that much about non-Big Sky teams. So I'm going to say... If I'm not watching Idaho, Montana, which I am, I want to see if Eric Berrier can throw for eight touchdowns against Idaho State. Uh, I'm going to go with a very kind of surprised it's not on this list, except Kyler Neal hates them. Uh, Number 11, Illinois State is traveling to Brookings, South Dakota to play number four, the Jackrabbits. I think uh, we're going to really decide if Illinois State loses this, they might not be in the playoffs. So... Um, big big move there, and the South Dakota State loses this. There's a chance they're not seeded. So big game in the Missouri Valley. It's North Dakota State's conference, but now everyone else is just playing for seeding. So number 11, Illinois State, versus number 4, South Dakota State. Mr. Foley, what FCS game are you watching this week if it isn't that heated rivalry of Northern Colorado versus Montana State? <laughs> well, if it's not your game, I'd like to tune in to the UC Davis-Portland State game. we got UC Davis coming up next week. I kind of want to see a little bit of live action from them. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Get out your wet naps. I haven't had an intro for a couple weeks, but it's time for TJ's Wing Corner. And I'd like to say this game is on Root Sports this week, so please go find a place to watch it. Um, cheer for your vandals. There's not an opportunity that we get to watch it on Root Sports. Plug. Uh, if you're in the Seattle area, which obviously we have now determined that three of the five hosts that have been on the show are Stout in Capitol Hill. Uh, it's also the Vandal Scholarship Fund Spirit Auction. Go check it out. You get a lot of free Vandal swag, a lot of free, not free. You got a bid on them, but silent. You got the whole game. Go check out Stout in Capitol Hill. Um, raise some money for the VSF. We might have a coach buyout we need the money for here shortly, so make sure you do that. Rumor has it there's going to be a signed uh, John Free Seahawk jersey. So, uh, son or father? Son or f- father, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that? check it out. But anyways, they have good wings. Thanks Continue. for that plug. Um, that was a long one. But, yeah, r r Foley, where is your favorite wings in Spokane? I have no clue. I never get to go out. 
Sorry, guys. That's a lame <laughs> answer, but I don't have any good wings. Well, <laughs> buffalo Wild Wings? I don't know. Okay, well, That's buffalo our second wild Buffalo Wild Wings call out on the podcast. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I Boat, Boatman, get freaking ready. Yeah. You better have the best wing description. Happy of all. birthday, Alex Boatman. Happy I hope birthday. you're having a ton of wings. That's yeah. why Boatman's not on the podcast. We waited till the end to tell you. Sorry, Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, time for closing the bar. Uh, Ryan, we'll let you start this out. Uh, let the people who are listening to you, maybe probably for the first time, we've never had you on, and uh, our listening for Big Sky Big Takes isn't always the highest. Plus, you haven't been on it, I don't believe either. So, uh, let the people know who you are, what you're, what you got going on in your life, and how they can find you. Yeah, well, my name's Ryan. I'm half of the R&R Catcast. We're both named Ryan. Yeah, you can follow us if we're you want to listen to We're just two dudes little... named Ryan. Yeah, we're just <laughs> two Love dudes named Ryan Montana from the state. state of Washington. There it is. Uh, yeah, we'd love to have you come listen to our uh, show. Uh, it's uh, R&R Catcast. You can find us on Twitter at R&R Catcast. Uh, I think just R&R Catcast. There it is. But um, another thing you can do for us is you can follow our Golden Koozie movement. Uh, if you want a golden koozie that says uh, R&R Catcast and Tennessee football, hit hit me up. Uh, send us a golden koozie question. We'll read it on our show, and then uh, you'll expect a little Christmas gift from me in the mail. Yeah, I, well, thanks I, guys for having me on this week. That was really fun. Yeah, we're glad we could have you on. We're glad we can count on the Bobcats, unlike the Grizzlies. Uh, I'm bringing my R&R Catcast golden koozie to the game this weekend. I'm going to walk around with that in Missoula and let all those Grizzlies fans know it. Um, so like, uh, uh, I'll plug myself, uh, obviously, Chris underscore P underscore Hammond. Another reason to start, support the R&R Catcast, as we talked about from the Montana State episode last year, it's based, I believe, off of the Rocking R-Bar, correct? Sort of? No. No. No, not at all. Oh, well, it's we're going to we're gonna pretend like it is because I was going to say you can support the Corner Club-themed podcast <laughs> of Idaho and then the Rocking R podcast of Montana State. You got to keep these bar-themed podcasts together. They like beer. We're sponsored by the official and official beer of Montana. We like beer. Get your ass a snack. Um, yeah, make sure you keep listening to us and follow at Big Sky Podcast, at R&R Catcast, at Tubs of the Club, and at Chris. Uh, you don't need to follow me. I'm not that exciting. TJ? You can find me on Twitter at TJHopkins13. I probably won't respond. Um, lots of shout-outs this week. Shouts out Mitch. Uh, you're so close to the top ten. Shouts out the other U of I, Football, Illinois. They beat Rutgers this week, three games in a row. Shouts out all Vandals nurses talking to Shelby. Uh, she kicks ass. Um, shouts out Shelter, Spencer Griffey. Um, yeah, shouts out Will Pitzler. We need to play 13. Um, but yeah, go Vandys. Wow. All right, Brian, bring it home. Follow me on Twitter at Brian Marceau. That's M-A-R-C-E-A-U. Sign up for the Montana Mint newsletter that I edit, meaning I write and compile <laughs> at Montana-Mint.com. Can't count on the Grizzlies. Meaning I do everything for it. At Montana-Mint.com, we cover the whole big sky. Other than that... Yeah, go Vandals. FTG, let's go. Little Brownstein, it is time for the best band in all the land to hit us with in heaven there is no beer. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. Go Vandals.